Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Visual Intonations podcast. Sean Woods, a Florida-born and Atlanta-based cinematographer, photographer, and business owner, and also a good friend of mine, will be our guest on this episode. We talk about everything from growing up in Florida to the creative process and so much more. Enjoy. First off, I want to say appreciate you for coming on to this podcast. It's dope. Been a long time coming. People have been telling me to do like a film podcast for years. And then when I met you and when I met Joel and when I met like other people in the industry, somebody has to be like the conduit to kind of like put black filmmakers on, you know what I'm saying? And just interview us and stuff like that. But I want to take it back from like the beginning. Being from Florida, man, that's what we first talked about. Like being from Florida, like how is it growing up in Florida, man? Because, you know, we get a lot of flack about being like Floridians and stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, we're just trying to be, okay? Right. <laughs> I don't know why we get flack. We get so much flack, bro. Like, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's Florida. You know what I'm saying? It's just we chasing rabbits. You know what I'm saying? We eating good barbecue. <laughs> Hey, look, I'm about to say, Joel, Vontae, take him straight to the, to the country. Right. <laughs> but how was it for you? Like, how was it growing up in Florida? I mean, I feel like, you know, during the time I was growing up, man, even though it probably didn't feel like it was dope, you right. know, at the time of being a kid, because, you know, when you're a kid, you always like, dang, I want to be an adult. Or I want right. to be older and grown and all this other good stuff. But easily looking back, on that time, I feel like it was an amazingly dope time in the world. Right. From a personal perspective, I feel like it was a, you know, I mean, it was just a childhood, man. I don't know. I'm trying not to have the sound washed <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> I don't want to have a typical cliche growing up type of thing, but, you know, it was Daytona Beach, Florida, you know, so shout right. out to Daytona, shout out to DB, Volusia County. I'm a little throwback, you know, the area code 3869. I remember when it used to be 904. Right. So a little bit of a throwback thing. But I think even, you know, situation that it was when I was growing Mm -hmm. up as a kid, as in not being able to do everything, you know, I still wasn't a kid that didn't get a chance to do anything. Right. You know, I still got a chance to experience, you know, I know about the summer programs, direct programs, direct leagues, playing all the sports Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Everything all the way down to you know, getting in trouble, egging people right. cars and houses and, you know, playing, <laughs> playing curb ball. I don't even right. know about curb. Nah, they don't. <laughs> you know, sitting on the electrical unit that be between the houses right. and stuff like yep. that. You know, I mean, I know about that type of stuff growing up, spending the night at friend's house and now whatever they chores on Saturday mornings are your chores too, because right. you they mm-hmm. company, you know, yeah. so I remember that, you know, getting whoopers in, in elementary school still, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a different, you know, day and age other than what it is now that we know as kids growing up. So I don't know, man, from my perspective, I feel like it still was something that was dope. Right. So is that like how you find your love for AV stuff? Because I know like we talked about that like earlier. I feel like we had that. You were like raised in the church, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did like the audio stuff like in the church and stuff like that, the soundboard and stuff. So yeah, that was another thing. Like, I feel like 
it was either we did sports or you did like you had to do something in the church. Like you had to like be on the boards or playing like the bass and stuff. Like that was a huge thing. Like I have like a bunch of homies back home that are like, yeah, like I did like the soundboard in church. I'm like, you was like yeah. 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? But you already know growing up, that's how it was. It was like, so right. what you 10, so what you 11, so what you 12, you know, right. you something. Right. And you want something and you know how to do plenty, you know. So, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember how old I was. Sheesh. I want to say I was in like seventh grade when I got into the whole music industry thing. <laughs> you know, and bro, I, dang, man, it made me feel so old talking about this and even think about it. This is like back in the day when you had to dub the tapes. And yep. Stuff. Yeah. You know, we had a tape dubbing machine. Yep. It was like a master, the yep. master recording. Yeah. And you put the blank, you know, cassettes in the rest of it. We had like right. this one that only could dub three at a time. Right. But it was like after every service, we had to dub like 25. You know, you, you literally sitting there running the system. <laughs> Bruh, and then back then, it was like, you ain't had no cell phone to, to keep time on or to play right. a video game or to, you know, get on, on Twitter or Instagram. Right. None of that. So it was like, right. kind of just, you know, chilling. <laughs> you dubbing 25 tapes after church. And then, you know, as the years progressed, so did technology and equipment mm-hmm. at the church as well. So, you know, we... Did y'all have, like, the CD maker at y'all church, too? What church didn't? Bro. You know? <laughs> bro you had, like, what, what you mean? Matter of fact, bro, if you had the CD duplicating machine... You had money. Bro, you was bougie, bro. <laughs> wait, y'all got... Wait, y'all could duplicate more than one? And, bro, you have, bro. You have you money. Know? So it's like the church eventually started doing that because... I clearly just told you about a cassette duplicator, bro. Right. So, you know, this was before the CDs and stuff mm-hmm. was made up. And yeah, when CDs got introduced, I never forget, bro. Like the old folks was like looking at you like you was cursing in church, t- okay. t- trying to tell them to get a CD. You know, right. <laughs> I even remember, bro, we had to print out labels off the computer to yep. put on the side of the oh. so they knew, <laughs> so they knew what sermon it was, bro. bro. It'd be like the sermon name, the pastor name, and the date. Yeah. And the uh, telephone number, any address to the church, too. <laughs> Don't let you have, like, a logo on the honest, bro. You probably said the most important stuff. Forget <laughs> who was preaching. You didn't put that church information on right. that? Oh, bro. They, hey, look, they might be mad at you for the rest of the month, bro. For sure, bro. For look, sure. You definitely, yeah, you forgot to put the church name and the address and phone number on the labels, bro. Bro, just know you're not on duplicating duty today. No, 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 they, no. You out. You mad out. Yeah, yeah, they mad at you. You you off, man. You at least have to have like at least 20 like already primed and like prepped to go and stuff like that. Got to be ready to go, bro. And don't forget, it's going to be somebody, auntie or somebody right. that's, that's waiting after the service <laughs> on their cassette, bro. So it's like, I mean, Vontae didn't usually take this long shot. Right, right. Vontae printed his labels early. Like, right. <laughs> all of this. You know, so yeah, bro, I, I remember those days, man. And then, you know, like I said, as technology progressed, it actually ended up giving me an opportunity to learn a lot more when it became, you know, media related. Because, I mean, growing up, I played drums already, you know. You so, played drums too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I played drums. So it's like, I right. say my mom got me like a drum set when I was, mm-hmm. I don't know, I might have been like four or five or something. Right, right. right. As I got older, you know, started being in, in band and mm-hmm. this is back elementary band wasn't really band it was like one snare if anybody had like if they had the quad then i mean they have oh yeah too. look we didn't have no quad or nothing like uh, that that was like middle school talk right. for us was like music class you had oh, yeah, a yeah. recorder little recorder mm-hmm. you had right. they, they taught you how to read sheet music and stuff right. 
Yep. It was like that type of life. And then, you know, we might have got like one drum snare. Some, right. It was a concert yep. snare, you know. Mm-hmm. And the cymbal and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought it was the best thing ever. Right. By the time I got in middle school, you know, that's when I started doing marching band. Mm-hmm. But you still, back then we had, if you couldn't only do marching band. You had to do concert right. band too. You know? And stuff like that. Like they ain't play them games. It's like, oh, nah, you, you got to read music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had rudiment tests every Friday. But right. <laughs> it was like at a young age, they were like, it didn't feel like it back then. It felt like they was being nagging. Right. At a young age, they was preparing you for like the future of being competitive. Yep. Trying mm-hmm. to make sure you could do multiple things other than just playing the drum. You know, right. Better read music. Oh, mm-hmm. look, you know what? We're going to do rudiment tests every Friday. Right. With chairs. Mm-hmm. And we actually, I don't know how y'all had it, but we actually had chairs, had seats. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so depending on who did the best rudiments on Friday, it, right. the band director was calling out. Mm-hmm. You might have went from fifth chair to first chair. Right. It was nothing like being in first chair and we weren't even playing on drums. You was on a drum pad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, it was the most competitive thing right. ever, bro. And don't drop a stick or something like that. Oh, no, no, you was out. You was bad. Oh, you was clown. You was clown. Yeah, you was clown. Then, you know, in church, I used to double duty. I would play the drums and literally as soon as praise and worship over, Oh, yeah. I got to put the sticks down, run to the back of the church, hey. go into the media booth, <laughs> and make sure the, you know, the microphones and stuff. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it used to get, it was a lot going on, but I mean, the more and more I talk about it and think about it out loud, bro, it didn't seem like nothing far from the normal. Nah, they were, we were definitely, we were definitely underpaid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> underpaid? Not paid at all. Yeah, right, right, right. Child labor laws is like not an- <laughs> they paid you. Look, we was paid in prayer, bro. Right, prayed in prayer, and them like little, them little knee spot cookies, you know what I'm saying? Paid in prayer, bro. You know, look, paid in prayer, and the only other thing about having that type of pool back then, bro, it was like you could just kind of walk around whenever, bro, and nobody, right. nobody questioned it. You know, everybody else getting up, they kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know, bro, it's like, why are you working around? I'm, I gotta adjust the audio. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, I, I can stay up here with the organ player and the right. keyboardist and stuff, but I don't know who's gonna turn the mic on. You know what I'm right. saying? Okay, I stay up here. Right. So was, but you had, a, you had an all time hall pass in church type thing. Sure. <laughs> so, and then um, by the time middle school hit. You know, in high school hit, uh, you know, the church started expanding. They got like a different building. They started getting like cameras, cameras. Right. So that was real cool. And then at the time, the first lady, she used to be a producer at a big news station back back in the city. Wow. You used to like really do this, do this. Wow. Yeah. That was the only reason the church even tried to move forward and be like, yo, we're going to get these cameras she telling us to get and we're gonna get you know this production room set up that because right. i mean she lived this life that's what she did every day that's wild <laughs> oh yeah so back then man like i said it just was kind of like i need some big old cameras and why do we right. need it? i don't mm-hmm. know about wearing no headset talking right. to talk to people you mm-hmm. know she introduced me to a lot of that stuff early in life but you know once again as a kid if I'm keeping it all the way 100, it was just it was like the way out of what everybody else had to do at right, church. Right, for sure, you for know, sure. it's like it's like, hold on. So let me get this right. You know, right. I can just kind of chill over here and be with these cool cameras <laughs> and stuff like that and do some cool stuff, you know, and started doing it with her. And lo and behold, bro, it was like fell in love with it. Right. Right. You know, um, And then, then you went to FAMU. Yeah. After high school, ended up going to FAM. And then you were known as a. Uh, Sean D, D back on the radio. Yeah. Sean D, Seanville. Yeah, Seanville Radio. Right? Yeah, Seanville, man. I ain't know you know about Seanville. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah Shonville Radio. Uh, well, you have braids, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, they had braids then, man. Nah, you throwing so much stuff at me right now. It's like, damn, my, my mind is everywhere. But yeah, uh, FAMU, um, I was able to be on the radio, 90.5 uh, FM in Tallahassee. It was a college radio station, man. But yo, if nothing else made me love, you know, music and the art and just being in media, man, 90.5 really like ignited a whole lot of stuff in me. Right within me then because you know you was a different age then you know right. you pretty much on the cusp of being like an adult adult mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what it's like you paying all your bills and stuff right. so <laughs> i learned a ton then man and even got a chance to start dealing with like real clients with that was coming in spending real money with station what was your uh, worst client story like on the station what was that a, what was that like client story at the station yeah. you ain't got to get the name of the artist but oh yeah no never yeah. <laughs> i know you <laughs> I mean, I don't know what probably the worst thing is, but I'll tell you one thing that always stood out to me. and It was just the craziest thing ever, man. And it's crazy because we just was talking about church. So 90.5, it isn't just a hip hop station. It isn't just jazz. It isn't just right. gospel. It isn't just reggae. Like mm-hmm. you play a plethora of music. So right. morning time is the gospel show from like 6 a.m. 10 and from 10 to 1 p.m. is jazz from 1 to mm-hmm. 4 p.m. is old school. Right. 4, to 7, 10, 4 to 7 is 7 to 10 and like 10 to midnight was always hip hop and R&B or mm. kind of like slow music by the time 10 to 1 a.m. Um, show right. hit. Quite so similar. once I got into a management position, bruh, <laughs> <I laughs> the church folk gonna hate me. I never forget, bro. It was like every week if I didn't get cursed out and yes, I meant cursed out. If I didn't get cursed out by anybody, bro, it was always some church folk, bro. Right, right. <laughs> To be at the office, like, damn, why do church people give me the most, the most pressure? <laughs> you know, it's like, or if it was time for them to like buy spots, what were we didn't right. call them spots, we call them underwriting, right? Uh, it's pretty much kind of like a commercial without you know all the call to actions. Man, the church people would call it to do underwriting spots, and it's like we would have a person who handles that, right? Mm-hmm. They, they will always be like, I need to speak to Sean, I need to speak to the supervisor, mm-hmm. I want to speak to the manager, and let's get I get on the phone, it's like. What do they want, Vante? It's like, hey, do we have a problem with anything? Like, what's going on? I know you want hey. to talk. Sean, listen, uh, you know, if I'm buying 20 spots, I feel like y'all need to gift me 20. Uh, it works. Wait, so what are you getting at? <laughs> I feel like I should pay for 20 and y'all should, you know, since we the church people doing stuff through the church and stuff like that, y'all right. should y'all should match what we doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that how it's supposed to go? Like, right. you know, so it was, it was like week <laughs> in and week out, man. They would give me pressure, man. I was like, dang, right. I never understood it, but I was just like, you know, right. no, whatever. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I wouldn't call them a bad client. You know, it was dope that we had clients, but I don't know why when you said that, that was like the thing that popped out because I just always remember week to week, I always knew, okay, it's right. going to be somebody from a church that's going to call mm-hmm. me and pressure about something. Mm-hmm. So pressure, that was pressure. just like more of a most memorable thing than mm-hmm. a bad thing. Were you doing a uh, photography at the same time? Did you come around the same time? Yeah, I was kind of, you know, dipping, dabbling in that space. Even younger as a kid, man, it was like I will always be trying to take pictures and mess mm-hmm. around with cameras and stuff. It never was something like I was like, I want to be a photographer. Right. I never was thinking from that perspective. And even all the way up to starting my company, I never mm-hmm. was like, I, oh, I want to be a photographer. You know, and I feel like even now today, I still don't. I'm not this person that's trying to paint myself as the best, most wide known photographer in America type thing. Right. You know, if I'm being totally transparent, I got into the space more so because of the clients and stuff I was dealing mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. You know, and my degree is in public relations. And, and when I try to venture out and do my own thing and, you know, try to team up with some folks, 
man, it was like everybody was dropping the ball, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, dang, I don't promise this client that we're going to do photos for them. Are we going to make their logo? Are we going to do mm-hmm. this? I ain't had no money back then to be like, oh, let me just hire somebody real quick. Right. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no Fiverr back then. I went, I couldn't jump on Fiverr <laughs> for $5. So it. you know, it's like, yo, we're going to figure out how to make this thing work, you Absolutely. know? Yeah. So it started being that, man, and picked up a camera and lo and behold, I just did it. I've always been this person that's been pretty savvy with making stuff look like something. Yeah. You know, so it's like even clearly, clearly, because people are gonna see in the video. People are gonna see in the video. I'm like, this is great, amazing. Meanwhile, you know, we're gonna talk about that later as far as like your business and doing this. It's like even when I started stuff just off real and it wasn't anything behind it, you know, what right. crazy website, wasn't no clients, wasn't any money, mm. you know, wasn't a ton of followers. I still was always good with having a presence from a right. visual perspective. Mm-hmm. I've always been this person that can kind of, you know, put things together. You know, you give me the right. smallest of the smallest stuff and I still say, okay, hey, this is going to be the biggest of the smallest things we're right. going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like from that perspective, it always kind of, I don't want to say gave me a leg up, but at the end of the day, when you're doing business, people always buy with their eyes first. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, if they see stuff and it don't look like nothing, then mm-hmm. they think off top that, is this really worth it? Right. You know? But even the people who can't afford stuff that looks very nice and, and is quote unquote called lavish life and stuff like that, they still kind of yearn to want that thing because it looks like something. I still experience that now. People that know they, well, I wouldn't say that they can't afford me, but people know that I might not be within their budget. They mm. still will shoot that shot. They still going to say, hey, Sean, hey, one day we're going to make this work. You know, I don't know when, Sean, but I'm coming back to you one of these days, you know. And that's a great thing, like, that you just put years into your craft, you know what I'm saying? And it shows, you know, it always shows. Because I don't really consider you, I don't consider you a photographer, you just good with a camera. I really consider you a cinematographer, like, that's what you are. That's what you I like doing it, man. And and even with that, you know, to hear you say it's like, oh, okay, cool, that's dope. But I'm like, (laughs) it's always like, oh, I mean, I guess, you know, but of course you I mean, we've been cool. We've been homies long enough. We've been mm-hmm. friends and working counterparts long right. enough for mm-hmm. you to not only see stuff from afar, but you get a chance right. to, you know, literally work with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Definitely. you and I, me, you and Joel, right. you know, so mm-hmm. I know you get a chance to visually see me from a perspective that I can't see myself from. Right. So to hear you say it, it you know, it makes me real appreciative of it because I don't never try to come off as a know-it-all. Right. I will tell people straight up that I know a lot. You, do. you know, and I know a lot because, man, I run into walls weekly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that person that's not afraid to just turn on the light and try some shit. If I'm keeping it real, that's when you learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like most people that I run into, they're afraid to try the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, yo, how do you get to that next step if you don't run into this wall first? Right. You know, mm-hmm. I can tell you what to do, but yep. what do you do when you can't? call or text or dm me right what do you do right you know and what most people end up doing they just end up not doing it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but then they're gonna oh. also complain about oh my company's not growing yep. oh i'm not learning more with this camera mm-hmm. oh the gigs aren't coming oh people mm-hmm. don't want to pay me no more mm-hmm. no it's just that you know you lazy and right. you need somebody to pat you on your ass every day of the week right. to tell you that it's mm-hmm. okay and that it, you're gonna be better and you know in all actuality you probably not right I don't want to be this bear of bad news or this tough mm-hmm. co-signed person, but but you you're not gonna right. get better because you won't even give yourself a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about somebody just telling you what to do to get on the next step. It's more so about you learning because when you learn that stuff, mm-hmm. bruh, 
it's inside you then. It's not right. inside the person who told you. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, you can't do what they do because you don't know how to do what it is. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And even with my social media page, bro, I try to show people as much stuff as you possible. <laughs> as much BTS, raw, uncut stuff as you possible. Yeah. And bro, yeah. you would be so amazed with how many people still hit me up and ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wait, are you asking me how to do something I just posted two days ago? Right. But you follow my stuff and you do right. Uh, no, you no, don't. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't no, know. You don't. They just think it's easy. They think yeah, it's yeah. Easy. Oh right. no, they definitely think it's easy. And they just want somebody to tell them what to do. Really? You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yo, all right, you want me to tell you what to do? Uh here, here's a link. Right. Pay for this session, tell right. you everything you need to know. Right, right. And that's how you, you know, you got to visit because I, I saw that you used to design flyers too. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even, even even with that, bro, it's kind of like a cheat code now. Right. It's so crazy because <laughs> I mean, I don't spend the money getting nobody to do my designs. You know, right. when people see that, it's always funny to get a DM like, yo, who do your layouts and stuff for you? Right. I'm like, me. Right. You know, people just kind of like, wait, you do the designs and stuff? Yep. Wait, what about when you had the pictures and your travel schedules and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do all that stuff. Right. What about, you know, when you do your classes and, and your mm-hmm. one-on-one training sessions, the stuff you send out in the email blast, like all that stuff. I do all of it. All of it. You know, I do all of it. You know, so it's like, I mean, it's still a gift and a curse. It's a gift because, yeah, I saved the money and, you know, I don't have to go back and forth with nobody. It's kind of like, I agree with myself. I like this. Cool. We're going to put it out. Curse part is that it still takes time, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, hey, I'm saving money, but I'm losing time. The bad part about the losing time is you never get that back. You know, the good part about the money, you can spend it, but you can always make more money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like, it's a gift and a curse, but I'm still kind of like in a place now where I'm enjoying it a little bit more because Mm -hmm. a lot of times... I have random ideas and I like to just go and put mm-hmm. stuff together and create, you know, fabricated fake stuff at the moment. But it always end up being something like a week or two later, like, oh, shoot, I just did this fake video the other day, man. Right. Let me record it for real today. Right. You mm-hmm. know, or like if I man, if I show my iPhone right now, bro, you'd be like, bro, do you have enough notes? Every day, bro, I'm having ideas and I'm trying to figure out stuff and mm-hmm. come up with pitches and. I come up with companies that I want to try to pitch to mm-hmm. to see if they looking for brand ambassadors. So mm-hmm. all that stuff is like ideas that come in my mind, bro. But as soon as I have another thought, it's gone. It's like, right. hey, I think about earlier, I really meant to, you know, jot that down because I didn't want to forget about that. Right. So it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's still a lot. But yeah, being able to do the designs, I can't front. It's it's pretty cool. Right. But yeah, I don't typically do them for, for clients anymore. You know, unless it's like a, you know, I still have projects where I do design for clients, but I mean, what I charge them now to do designs inside of video projects, I'm I'm cool with still doing designs for them. Right. You know, so so yeah, it's just that's just kind of that part. Also, like it matter like how you separate like your personal life from your businesses and stuff like that. But I do notice about one thing from your personal life, which we also also have like in common, you ride bikes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how does that help, like, your creative process? Let's see. How do I want to say this? Because I really want people to understand it when they hear it. Uh, the whole mm-hmm. cycling thing and riding the bikes is, to be honest with you, bro, it has nothing to do with my creative process, but also has everything to do with it. But right. I'll tell you what I mean by that. What I mean is when I'm riding a bike, getting miles in, getting that sweat mm-hmm. in, I try to do it early in the morning. The reason why I feel like it still helps with my creative process is because it gives me this release away from being anything creative. Right. 
And I feel like everybody need that space in some way, shape or form. I don't care if it's two minutes to yourself. I call it me time. Right. My stories. And I'm Mm. always pushing people like, yo, get me time, get me time. Because for years, I didn't really pay that no attention. You know, Mm. I I wasn't really looking out for self at all. I wasn't thinking about Sean. It was always head down, hustle, head down, hustle, head down, head down and hustle. Mm -hmm. It's like if you always got your head down and you always hustling, man, you look up and the tank is like beyond the E mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's nothing worse with trying to get somebody to bring you a gas tank and you chilling on the side of the road mm-hmm. or you need to jump like you mm-hmm. literally helpless for that time. And it's right. nothing that you can do about it. Right. You know, so over the years, I eventually started to find me time for Sean and riding a cycle, man. It was something random. And bro, it started being like the best thing ever. You know, and I I went from riding in hooping shorts and, and baggy <laughs> shirts to now I'm out there looking like a professional. My, professional. my homeboy and them gonna call me Sean Armstrong. You know <laughs> they gonna clown me, but you know, like, I got it too, man. I'm like, I mean, I like it a whole lot, but sure. it's more yeah. so, it more so helps me because it's, it, it gives me a release. You know, yeah. when I'm mm-hmm. on the bike, man, it just, I don't want to sound cliche with that. Be like, oh, it's no worries. It's not that it's no worries. <laughs> you right. know, it's still mm-hmm. life. But yeah. for that hour or for that two hours that I'm out there punching out miles, burning calories, man, it just it definitely give me a different feel, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, you know, that it's cool. And then after that, by the time, you know, get in, unclip, you know, take the shoes off, shower, right. get some food. You know, mentally, I'm just kind of in another space then. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, what are we going to get done today? I'm kind of thinking like that. And the same goes for me doing the exercise in the morning. I don't care if I get 30 minutes in on the jump rope, do 500 right. spins, do a thousand spins, and that's it for the day. Mm-hmm. It still give me a chance to sweat, get some me time and mm-hmm. let Sean just kind of, you know, wrangle his thoughts or just release negative thoughts from the day before, the week before or whatever. So I feel like the place I am now in life, I feel like that's something that's a tad bit important. Just, mm-hmm. you know, having some me time. And that's a great note to end. Sean, I appreciate you. Give everybody your, your socials and your website where people can book you for all your services and stuff like that. I mean, you can find any and everything on my website, www.seanwoodsmedia.com, S-E-A-N-W-O-O-D-S.com. Social media, Instagram is at Sean Woods Media. Same thing on TikTok. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a TikTok right. guy, bro. <laughs> Me too, bro. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> bro, I'm trying, bro. <laughs> bro I'm it's, trying. It's, it's enough work with Instagram, you know. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, but. Uh, I'm, oh well, great news by Instagram though. I'm I'm now monetized as of oh, yesterday. So, amazing, great. Yeah, great, so great. I'm I'm kind of geeked about that, and you know it's a post on the way. Right, <laughs> right, right. Probably gonna be right, after, yeah, right after we do it, it's gonna probably get recorded. Right. So, <laughs> so you know it's on the way, but right. But yeah, man, it's the, that's the website. SeanWasMedia.com and SeanWasMedia on all other platforms: YouTube, TikTok, and um, Instagram. They can find me there. You know, email me. Whatever, man. So I appreciate this sign. Thank you and uh, signing up. Ain't nothing. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, We had to do it over Zoom. And I really really like this podcast um had a bunch of laughs and hopefully y'all did too but most importantly i hope y'all learned a lot of things in this podcast so until the next episode 
Sí, sí. No.